Hello and welcome to Impressions of America. I'm Simon and with me as always are Toby and Vaughn. Hi guys. Hi Simon. Hey Simon. Uh, today we are diving back into the world of current politics and uh, looking at Biden's first 100 days as president, which I believe is coming up on uh, the actual 100th day is coming up on April 30th. Um, so we'll be looking into the, the Biden and the, the Dem uh, Democratic Party side of things, and we'll also be looking into the shit show, which is the Republican Party and the <laughs> continued nonsense which which happens on the the far 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 right of America. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Vaughn is just overcome with emotion because she's she just loves Joe Biden so much. So ha- having this opportunity to talk about one of her. <laughs> Her liberal champions, you know, many people refer to Vaughn as Queen of the Liberals. So, <laughs> so to have this opportunity to speak about almost a father figure to her and the nation in Joe Biden, I think, is uh, just overcoming Vaughn with emotion, which you might mistake for for drunken laughter. But no, it is actually pure pure emotion at getting to talk about what many consider already the greatest president who has ever lived um joe biden um before we get on to the republican side of things um there are various things we can talk about on the democratic side uh we've got biden's uh, his cabinet choices for uh that are shaping up um i think are nearly complete at this point as far as getting into the senate we've got the economic relief bill which was signed we've got uh biden's push on gun control his plans on infrastructure uh, the refugee cap and some uh, questions around that, various questions around the environment and uh, Biden's polling numbers and um, as well as the, the Afghanistan um, withdrawal of American troops by September 11th. So we've got all that and I believe Vaughn has a more detailed list on things Biden's actually already done. So do we want to get a kind of general feeling of things or do we want to go into specifics and then build from there? What do you guys think? Um, I want to talk about the cabinet. Okay, go for it, Vaughn. <laughs> okay. Um, so one, it's very, it's it's shaping up to be very diverse. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I said shaping up. It's it's mostly complete at the moment, right? Mm, I think it's was it twenty one out of twenty three or something like that has been mm-hmm. voted on, or I saw yeah. numbers close to that anyway. Yeah, there there are a lot of firsts in this cabinet, um, which is a little unfair because it's like the first woman to be this specific yes like category and it's like a, well, there was gonna be a first sometime you know but it's it's very interesting there are tons of firsts um across either gender gender or um race and identity and mm-hmm. that's that's very interesting at first like um deb halland I believe mm-hmm. is her name, the Secretary yep. of the Interior. She's the first ever Native American cabinet secretary. Yep. That's that's massive. Absolutely. And I think that's very cool. Of Joe Biden, which is a gross <laughs> sentence, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very cool of him. And can we talk about the Attorney General? Um, Merrick Garland. Please do, yes. 
love it. I love yeah. it so much. Good it's choice. just like this sweet poetic justice against Mitch McConnell. It's like, <laughs> bitch. God, I hate Mitch. Um, <laughs> what, that uh, Biden finally got a, a moderate in the in that position? or Just that it's specifically Merrick Garland. It's like a massive, like, get wrecked, Mitch. And then to... <laughs> to announce a couple days ago that they're looking to expand the Supreme Court. And Mitch McConnell was like, this will never pass. And the Democrats were like, oh, I'm sorry. Who's who's the majority here? Like, maybe it will pass, my guy. Um, Can you see how excited very... Vaughn is to talk about the, these liberals? It's it's just, oh, God, I hate it. just so happy. <laughs> I disgust myself. <laughs> No, I, th- I, I do think Merrick Garland is a great choice for attorney general. I was excited about that one. And your man, Simon, yep. your absolute favorite. Do you want to talk no, about no, no. I mean, I've got, it's very hard for me to pick uh, one favorite liberal man. I've, I've, got, I've got so many of them just stowed away in various places. So w- which one are you referring to? The mayor. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you said, like, you mean men as in human or... Different, different animal species or <laughs> oh rat boy right yes pete yes, yes. <laughs> who uh who is fueled purely by ambition and nothing else if, if vaughn has managed to already uh kind of build up this impressive career built on spite then i think pete has managed <laughs> to do it purely on ambition and he would quite gladly go on, you know, dancing with the stars or something if it would mean moving up a cabinet post or, or two. So, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Pete is my favorite because he's like, you know, if like uh, an alien race came to uh, came to Earth and we're like, we're going to enslave you, but we need the help of like one person to, you know, do our bidding here on Earth in order to make that happen. As long as Pete got to be like, you know king of earth or something he would totally enslave the human race and he'd be like the first one to sign up and be like yep that's fine as long as i get the biggest position as long as i'm the one who's in charge of it all that that's fine because his ambition will undoubtedly trump any kind of allegiances to you know things like the human race so anyway that was an aside but yes you are right that that is definitely my boy slash man slash pet rat um pete absolutely savage (laughs) (laughs) savage um the the other person in the cabinet that i do really want to talk about and actually talk about mm-hmm. um is miguel cardona right the new secretary of education because as our faithful listeners know i fucking hate betsy devos <laughs> i think she's a devil woman um <laughs> I hate her so much and this is just a very refreshing choice I was I was very excited about this one um Cardona has a background in public education and he has been an educator for decades he's been a principal and he was superintendent of his his district in Connecticut and then he was the Connecticut State Secretary um, of Education, I believe. And he was he was chosen because his his entire background is um, well, he was chosen for two reasons, but his entire background is predicated on evening out the playing field for English learning students. Mm. Um, 
to be able to kind of have the same or equal opportunities with the um, native English speakers in mm-hmm. the classroom. And I think that's really wonderful and such a great change from Betsy DeVos, who was like, if you have money and you're pretty, you don't need school. And that was her whole job to say that. Like, it's just- I mean, it's re- as, as much as I agree with all everything else you said, I don't want to move too far away. Our official policy on this program is if you are good looking and you have lots of money, then you should be able to do things. So just, please don't break away from the party line too much. Well. <laughs> Yes, no, of course. How, how <laughs> um, no, but it's I oh god, Betsy DeVos was just the absolute worst worst. And I really, I really appreciate this pick for um Secretary of Education. He's really very cool. Um his parents are also Puerto Rican yep. and he represents he represents a whole demographic in America that is wildly un- underrepresented so it's it's very cool of him to have this this cabinet position and as secretary of education um there is one other thing with with choosing cardona over the other options that biden had it seems a bit as though he didn't go with one of the other two choices because each of them were high-ranking union leaders and he didn't oh. want and a union dispute between the NEA, the National Education Association, mm-hmm. and um, is it AFT, the American Federation of Teachers? Let's go with that. I think. Yeah, so, so this could have been a, a bit of a diplomatic choice, but regardless, I think it's a great one. I'm excited about this. Good. And thank you for bringing so much needed earnestness to the, uh, the program there, Vaughn, with um, <laughs> rather than my snarky drunk behavior and whatever Toby's going to bring to the show. Toby, do you have any thoughts on the cabinet? Um, no, I, I think I'm, I'm also um, happy with the amount of diversity in there and um, people, I think I'd, I'd move on to the relief bill. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that was uh, one of the, so the landmark um, moments of the, the hundred days was, uh, Joe Biden uh, signing the relief bill uh, into law. Um, there were some questions around the wording of this idea of $2,000 checks to people and it actually turned into $1,400 instead because people had already got $600 before. Uh, maybe that's an aside for now, but is it fair to say, Toby, that this is a fairly fairly big like historic moment for, for a president to pass something like this in the first 100 days and also it seems to be fairly well received by the American people as far as you know in the polls and what they want uh, Joe Biden to actually be doing in office yeah I mean it, it was in many ways it's been a long time coming this kind of fiscal spending you know in, in the budget is something that hasn't really happened in the last 20 or 30 years in some ways, it's the most momentous thing he's achieved so far because it's really the the coming back of, of welfare politics, basically. I mean, yep. not just the $1,400 checks that he's giving to people, but also the child tax credit expansion, yep. which is effectively a guaranteed income for people now. Like, whatever they do, as long as they have... Uh, a specific amount of children they're going to get this child tax credit and the 
amount of people who are going to be um who are going to be able to apply to it or who are going to be receive it is, is higher than it ha- ever has been. And not only that, the Republicans, although, you know, this did not get Republican votes, uh, the Republicans were putting together plans that were very much watered down versions of this, mm-hmm. but also considering this, I mean, Mark, Marco Rubio had a plan. Um, Mitt Romney had a plan. Their plans were f- much more focused on, um, sort of welfare to work, reminiscent of the welfare bills under Bill Clinton. Mm. Um, the the plan that did get pushed through was the the plan with the child child tax credit. Um, in Georgia, the Ossoff and Warnock had run on this idea that you know if you if we win, uh, you're going to get the two thousand dollar checks it wasn't two thousand dollars um much has been made about that um progressives have been very virulent Mm -hmm. in their opposition to this um downgrading to 1400 but i mean just in the scope of history this is a very very significant um achievement and i would say that the 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 total relief bill is 1.3 trillion which is um, incredibly significant. Yep. Um, it, it also has provisions for affordable health health care, extending unemployment insurance. Many states um, in America currently have very, very short um, week limits on um, welfare payments to people. So this is going to be significant relief for, for states like that and for, for people who are struggling at the moment. Um, it's still one of the main caveats is that this is for individuals earning under 70,000. I think the, the average earnings for college graduates tends to be a little bit higher than that. So um, many um, individuals who are earning higher than that, but still, you know, living paycheck to paycheck are not going to receive that. Um, families earning under 100,000, I think it is, or 120,000. Are not going to be receiving these payments as well. There's been much, much has been made by sort of liberal economists about, you know, trying to target this specific um, welfare um, to specific people who need it. But then, you know, arguments on the other side have always been about, you know, this is really good politics because if you're giving, you know, uh, a, a universal, almost guaranteed income for people, especially people who've, you know, been on the cost um, because of the the COVID crisis, then you're increasing the amount of public support for mm-hmm. this, and there is significant public support for it. So yeah, so it, it has to be um, considered. I mean, four hundred billion for a national um, vaccination plan, and um, ten billion for information technology. So yeah, this is an incredibly significant um, plan. And um, yeah, it's, it's much more bold and dynamic and even less targeted and less wonky than the um, Barack Obama stimulus package. And it does seem to herald a new day in, in welfare politics. So this is a, you know, it's, it's a major achievement. You, you have to give it to him. Vaughn, any thoughts on stimulus or are you wanting to move on to anything else? No, I mean, I definitely agree that that was landmark like that that was very huge um 
I, I and other people on Twitter were a bit disappointed that the Democrats cut stuff out of the bill mm-hmm. at Republican request, and then it still didn't get any Republican votes, and it still passed. And it's like, yeah, is this gonna be what the next four years is of bowing to the Republicans, even though they're not gonna vote on it anyway. You you are aware who's in power on you, Vaughn. I mean, sure, surely bowing down to Republicans is exactly what the Democratic Party is supposed to do. Isn't is that not the case? Is that not what? Uh, their whole thing is it i hate it (laughs) (laughs) i I don't want them to be bowing to the republicans and and they did on their first like massive landmark well then you should have voted for someone else we've been through this (laughs) (laughs) no it yeah, I mean, it's a massive bill, and it definitely helped a lot of people, and that cannot be uh, shrugged off at all. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, just before, one of the other drawbacks is the is the failure to get in a minimum wage through the bill. Um, yes. Bernie Sanders was trying to push for the minimum wage to be part of the bill. The Senate parliamentarian... Uh, did not consider it to be part of um, reconciliation. So she um, said that they couldn't pass a minimum wage that way. There was possibly an opportunity for the executive to try to overrule her, but that was not pursued by um, Joe Biden. Um, and um, there was a disgusting showing by, um, I think it was Kirsten Sinema in the, mm-hmm. in the yes. Senate uh, in voting down. Yep. Uh, the minimum wage although though interestingly her and Mitt Romney in Vaughn's this is the dream pairing are teaming up with a bipartisan $11 minimum wage bill so Vaughn you must be very excited about that I mean the minimum wage is at what seven fifty. yeah something like that yeah seven twenty five. I mean so 11 would be you know an improvement I think 15 is at the federal level is something that Biden's worked towards um, in his executive orders. But, you know, if you actually um, tags indexed the minimum wage to inflation over the last 30 or 20, mm-hmm. 20 years, it, it'd be significantly more than that. Absolutely. And so the American people aren't really getting the product productivity gains that, that the economy has been making. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's one of the major drawbacks. It, it this is an extremely valuable opportunity. Although, you know, Obama had a valuable opportunity with the um, the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Biden is taking some steps. Uh, there was this relief bill. I mean, it, just, it can't be um, put down. It is it is a significant achievement. But again, with the with the minimum wage, there is some kowtowing, as as Vaughan has said, to Republicans to proceduralism and to some of the moderate uh, Democrats uh, in the House and the Senate. The thing that I really hated about that was that the vast majority of Americans learned that there's a parliamentarian in Congress that week. Like, it's just this this absurd kind of antiquated rule that, was, like, it, it seemed like an excuse to bow to Republicans. Yep. 
in my opinion. That's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't even think it's a conspiracy. I think that Biden, the Biden administration, was counting on someone to say something about a parliamentarian, everyone to be completely, you know, um, shocked that that this existed, and to be angry at the process instead of at the the Democrats themselves. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. But. Um, as you said earlier, Simon, he is spending a lot of money and there's another bill that he has passed. The, what is it, 2.3 trillion um, infrastructure? Yes, so thing. what's the current state of the infrastructure then? Because my understanding was it was still being worked out between um, Republicans and Democrats and Republicans weren't so keen on spending that much money. Yeah, I don't think it's passed fully yet so yeah that is i think yeah from, from what i was reading it was like the republicans were wanting to spend i think they were wanting it more targeted on quote-unquote actual infrastructure and they were kind of making fun of democrats for doing things that were maybe a bit more social or a bit more i don't know um modern as it were rather than just building 19th century trains which i think is what the republicans see infrastructure as um yeah, and some Republicans have claimed that it's uh, the Green New Deal. Yes. With a different name, yeah. Oh, we, we can do that later with GOP, but... <laughs> yes. The whole climate thing going on right now is really getting on my nerves. But Oh, actually, speaking of that, going back to the cabinet real quick. Yeah. Um, Eric Lander is the... What's, what's his title? Presidential Science Advisor? Right. Which is a new cabinet position that Biden created. Um, oh. Elevated up to be a cabinet level position because he, like, he wanted a scientist to talk to about things. Isn't that great? It is. It's refreshing. And uh, I hate, again, I hate so much all of the last five years, and especially this past one, that I am saying it's refreshing to have Joe Biden in the White House. But it's very cool that there is now a presidential science advisor. For the you first know, time. I think they, they hope for that, like, dopamine injection that you get when a Democrat comes in, and they do mm -hmm. stuff that's like, like a normal, you know, adult government should do. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, my God. You know, and then they yeah. hope that they're out of power quickly enough that you you get, you get go down again and you come back. You know, just... The greatest yeah. trick Mitch McConnell ever played was to make uh, Joe Biden seem like a progressive. And it's <laughs> kind of, kind of, that's, that's kind of where we are now, to be perfectly honest, where Joe Biden and his quote-unquote sensible economics are uh, are the liberal fever dream right now um <laughs> Even uh, the left a little bit there i have friends on the left who are like "Ooh, infrastructure bill and i'm like we should not be this excited about about that because like yeah there's there's an infrastructure bill and it includes broadband that's kind of mm -hmm. sexy right that's yep. really exciting that's but then also pete fucking Buttigieg is the secretary <laughs> transport so it's oh god yes. it's, this is a whole trip it's very like 
it's very gaslighty. Yes, and I think what once the the infrastructure bill actually progresses and we start seeing, you know, it actually moved towards uh, towards votes and actually going to, you know, get through to being signed. I imagine it's going to get chopped away at um, in a similar fashion as the relief bill did um, as we record this on Saturday the 17th. Um, you know, I don't know how many days or weeks it's going to be until we are going to get that infrastructure bill in place, but um, I imagine it's... Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit different than what we're seeing or what's being talked about right now. From the and there's enough on the economy. There's also a couple of very mean things that the Republicans were doing that the the Biden administration is not doing anymore. So um, there's going to be increases in money for families with children who've been missing meals because mm. of the school uh, the school closures due to the pandemic. The the Republicans had cut the corporate tax rate to uh, 21%, and uh, Biden's going to have it back on uh, graduated back yep. to 28%. Again, very small yep. changes. Um, and Biden's re- rescinded uh, work requirements for Medicaid recipients. I don't know why there are work requirements for Medicaid recipients is fucking healthcare. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to America. <laughs> Yeah, some of this stuff when you read it as as someone who lives in Britain, you do, you do, yeah, kind of yeah, it, shriek. It's weird for me to read it now because I'm like, I used to live like that. Yeah, like, yeah, what? I used I used to have an American friend at university. He was a few few years older than me, and I was I was complaining about healthcare in America, and he, and he said, well, but but you know, Toby, like when they go to the hospital, the hospital has to do something for them like without thinking that you know it that, you know obviously they're gonna have to pay afterwards but he says mm-hmm. yeah, at least when they go in they, something happens you know and he's yeah. like you people are so barbaric like, I, just, <laughs> I just don't understand it is like it is astonishing. something happens but you can still be turned away at the hospital like they'll like stop you bleeding but then be like we can't help you any further because we don't take your insurance mm-hmm. that's Six hundred dollars for your band aid, and it's like, okay, I could have done that myself. Yeah, but it, the, the idea that it, like, you go and give birth, and as well as having to pay for a child, now you now owe like thirty grand or something. It's like thirty or whatever, whatever. I don't know how I, I haven't given birth in too many American hospitals, so I, I can't can't give exact numbers on that. But it's it's um, you you hear horror stories about how much it costs. There's it's a, a level of meanness, like. I was watching The Sopranos and, and Tony was in for, I think it was a gunshot. And the uh, <laughs> uh, insurance um, consultant walks in and she talks about, you know, well, you know, you, you're lucky that you had your card when they did the wallet biopsy. And he's like, wallet biopsy? <laughs> wallet biopsy. Get out of here, you fucking crazy <laughs> cunt. And I'm thinking, the worst gangsters than the, 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 you know, Tony and them. Like, Tony's a small potatoes, man. Like, <laughs> These insurance companies, Jesus Christ! Wow, this is this has brought a new side of Toby. This is this is wonderful, <laughs> Toby. We should people say- deserve healthcare. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm, say- I'm going to put my cards on the table. Like people deserve basic healthcare. And like, that's I know. why Toby I was kicked you know. out of the Republican Party mm. for his wild ideas about basic human decency. Um, radical, radical. Talking about radical, can we change tone a little bit? 
So, Washington is the 51st state. That's cool and exciting. Have you guys seen what? that? Have you not seen that? Have, no. have they have they made Washington a state? Not yet, but it's it's, it's oh. a House committee approvals uh, bill is uh, it, like their House committee approves bill to make DC the nation's for fifty first state. So it's it's in progress. It's obviously not there yet, but um, it's just cool the fact that we might actually be getting an extra. Well, actually, someone said they could just they could still keep it fifty, and then they could just merge North and South Dakota. Because that was basically created mm. as two states in order to give Republicans two extra Senate seats anyway. So you could just balance it out that way. Oh, they should do that. Yeah, it's, it's mean, always I... been sad because they haven't had powers over their own budgets in, in, in D.C. Yes, absolutely. You yeah. know, you have a lot of like black mayors and black city leaders. Yep. Who basically become an experiment for the Republicans every time they're in power. It's, it's quite it's been, yeah. always been really sad. So I, I've actually been, you know, as much as I don't want to buy too much into what the Liberals are actually doing in uh, in power, I have to say that this is actually something which does actually excite me just as much from a, well, there's, there's a sort of basic human element, this idea of people actually getting uh, representation. And, you know, as you say, Toby, people of Washington, D.C. no longer having to, to live under um, Republican experiment, essentially. But just from a historic point of view, that, the idea of basically changing it from adding an extra state is just great. Now let's do it for other places as well. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's venture this out. Who else wants a state? Yeah, statehood for Puerto Rico. Absolutely. Yes. I think it's absolutely abhorrent that both Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., of all things, mm -hmm. have taxation without, without representation. representation. Yeah, yep. it, it's terrible. You know what I was doing? I was Google. No, I was searching Rico on Twitter, but for the Racketeering Act. Yes. And then I've, I've been on a mob thing like for the last two weeks. I'm, for the last 25 years. And I read like Rico is unconstitutional. I was like, yes. And it was like. No, Puerto Rico is. I was like, oh, I don't care if if Puerto Rico, <laughs> if, if Puerto Rico being in the not being in a state is unconstitutional. I don't care about that. It's the Rico Act I care about. <laughs> but yes, I do care about Puerto Rico also being a state. I Toby's think. brief dalliance with being a liberal there has moved back into Toby now caring about uh, ditching Puerto Rico and only caring about trying to free Tony Soprano. <laughs> 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 uh yes so um like i say it, it's not it's not like we we officially have a 51st state but just the fact that the house committee approves the bill you know and we are seemingly moving in a direction um to at least try and get a vote on this is cool and interesting and good job mr liberal president um <laughs> i feel like it's cool of joe biden is like our tagline right now <laughs> it is that's <laughs> very that's a cool but in a skeptical tone, like I don't really trust it. It's funny as well because we've had so many years of conservative governments, and I'm including Obama and Bill Clinton in that. That mm. we we now get something which is like approaching, not even like leftist policy. It's just no longer like right wing policy. They're like, wow, look at this. This is actually things that we've talked about. Um, yeah, center you know. left. Ooh, <laughs> center left. <laughs> Uh, which is where you kind of camp out politically, Vaughn. So you must be very excited about this. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a bit left for me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> be real. 
If, it, if um, Mitt Romney's not willing to go there, then neither is Vaughn. And that accounts for many things, heart. not just politics. Um, <laughs> let, let's move swiftly on. Uh, there are some other things to, to talk about apart from Vaughn and Mitt Romney and what they get up together on the political spectrum. Um, mm. There, <laughs> There is... Uh, I believe uh, push for some greater gun control measures. We've obviously seen, seen some more horrific. Yes. I, I mean, it's just, you just I mean, I, I, I can never click on these stories and you know, actually see the details of these shootings because it's just far too much for me. Um, I am a bit, uh, just, I get a bit too affected when I see people mowed down by gunfire and <laughs> people in power seemingly uninterested in helping them. It's, um, that's, yeah, that, that's just too much for me. But I, I don't want to. I've after Sandy Hook, I kind of gave up on America getting anything progressed in a meaningful sense in gun control. But it is nice to at least see that um, the White House were, I think, announcing some initial actions to address some gun violence. I don't know if e- either of you guys have have thoughts on that. Um, I do, and it's that it should happen. Yes. That's I. There's. This is an exhausting debate to have, because one of the recent ones, I believe it was the one in Colorado in Boulder. Right. It was actually where my brother lives, or lived. He has recently mm-hmm. moved home, but he lived there for a couple years, and it was in his grocery store. And the guy who did the shooting, he was just, I think, a few days or a few weeks older than, he was born a few few days or weeks before Columbine. Jesus. And it's oh, like, wow, yeah. oh, how yeah. long have we been doing this yep. that a literal newborn, when Columbine happened, was old enough to procure a, an automatic weapon and murder people in the exact same fashion. Yep. It's just exhausting. We all know what needs to be done. We all know why the right are doing nothing about it. We all know why liberals are doing very little about it. And it's just exhausting at this point. And it was genuinely a shock to me that Biden did anything at all because I've as, as you said, after Sandy Hook, it's like, if that doesn't change your mind, yeah. it, nothing will. Absolutely nothing will. So and it's just about availability as well, isn't it? Basically, yeah. you know, like if you have a gun, you're more likely to commit suicide. If you have a gun, you're more likely to, um, you know, commit a school shooting or a mass shooting of, of, of any kind. It's about availability. Like, it's not like... Americans is you know there's more mental health problems in America or there's more mm-hmm. anger in America than other parts of the world or you know more, more people feel I don't know whatever motivates people to do these kinds of things or to use guns in any kind of way you like it's just availability it's not I mean that's yeah it's- uh, one of the things they talk about when they try and refute you know claims for greater gun controls well as long you know you get the whole civil liberty nonsense stuff as well but as far as like claiming this won't actually make any difference you know they talk about people get guns other ways and it's like well if it stops one shooting it's good 
you know, but it'll certainly stop more than that. And then there's also the side of it where they're like, well, if people, you know, want to go and kill people, they'll get a knife. And it's like, yeah, but there's not like automatic knives that recharge and mm-hmm. will mold down 50 people at once. There was one guy, it was, it's so hard to keep track of these things. Years ago, I think there was, it was a guy who shot up the cinema, maybe the one, the Joker guy. And he was like, he was like dressed head to toe in like body armor and he had all these guns and you know he was able to recharge you know all these weapons you know instantly and just shoot guns at a bullets at a horrific rate and you go well if that guy was mentally unhinged and took a knife in or several knives in it would still be awful but he would not have done the same damage as he would if he comes in with automatic weapons it's just it, 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 nothing about this is, is, is good and is fun to talk about but it is so depressing and especially when you see polls that are like I, I don't know the exact numbers but you know the majority of Americans are in favour of X part of, of gun control um, legislation be mm-hmm. that you know needing to get um, weapons registered or stopping the selling of, of weapons at non-registered um, places um you see some of the, some of these things that are just like the most basic common sense approaches like people who who are recently you know had mental health issues or have recently been charged with with a crime or you know a violent crime or something like that why would you not want to restrict access to automatic weapons to these people i, I it's just there are many things that when you look across the pond at America and you go, why, why are people having to pay for healthcare or why are they doing this? And you go, well, you know, there, there's a, a mentality thing where maybe Americans just aren't clued into this idea of the government running healthcare. And it's maybe hard for me to get my head around, but I can at least begin to understand that people have that viewpoint with something like gun control. I just, I struggle to believe that I'm the same species as a lot of these people who aren't in favor of it. It's it's like you're well, more you're more in favor favor of like a four year old learning to duck and cover under uh, their desks and have special special blankets for them to hide under in case gunmen come in. I mean, that's what you're teaching your children. You're comfortable with that? It just, yeah. All those stories of four-year-olds finding their parents' gun. Absolutely. Themselves. Yeah. Or four, four-year-olds being trained with their parents' gun, you know, and shooting themselves. Just this almost, yeah. like, it's, it's a completely different world. And it's funny, like, the ideological basis for this isn't so straightforward because you've got someone like Bloomberg who's been, you know, out there with, with strong gun control laws and strong and, you know, strong campaigns against gun control or uh, for gun control. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's for low corporation tax. He's for low taxes. He's, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's a fiscally a Republican mm-hmm. and uh, H.W. Bush, you know, he, he come out several times saying that the NRA was going too far mm-hmm. or even coming out for some sort of gun control. It's like that. It's not like there's a lot of space between being conservative and then being for these kinds of um, loose gun control laws that would have people with records of mental health problems being able to go into a shop and buy, you know, a 
any mm-hmm. kind of rifle that they wanted to. I mean, it's it's there's so much clear ground there mm-hmm. that it's 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 one of these things where you do have like a lobbying group that has an outsized power, outsized even beyond its own financial power, yep. to influence legislators and to create one of the most like strangest environments politically anywhere on the planet it's just insane i i i am gonna defend a little bit because i know a lot of leftists who are not a not necessarily in favor of tighter gun restrictions and that reason is because a lot of those people a lot of my friends um who feel that way live in the inner city or are mm-hmm. black and know that the police as we have seen again in the last two weeks police will kill black americans just at sight and at will and say it was they reached for the fucking taser mm-hmm. 26 years on a fucking force she's a training officer and she forgot what her gun felt like absolutely ridiculous and my it's a very legitimate argument to be against gun gun control at the moment especially because it's so poorly represented that republicans are like they're going to take all your guns and that is a cultural kind of idea it's a public idea now that any gun control is the government threatening a group of people and i know i know a lot of people in those in in communities that are oppressed by the police mm-hmm. who are not in favor of gun control at the moment and i think that's a very legitimate and fair one so i think alongside gun control which i i do think we need gun control but i think we dramatically at the exact same time need absolute police um, disbanding and reconstruction. Yeah, street level police should not have guns. I mean, it's, it's, it's I agree. Works yeah. everywhere else again. Yeah, look at the UK. I mean, I, I suppose part of that is when we talk about gun control, it, it's not like it's not like people are ordinary citizens i suppose in the case you brought up Vaughn, which is you know a, 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 a fair thing to bring up they're not buying bumper stock um machine gun ammunition that will fire off ten thousand rounds a second yeah. kind of thing in order for them to have some protection against that a police officer or whatever the case may be and you know yeah. there there are there are subtleties about this and we're not saying that there should never you know while american police officers have guns american citizens aren't allowed to have any guns of any kind under any circumstance but the current culture and i think this is what you were saying Vaughn, of any kind of gun restriction at all automatically means we're taking all guns away from everybody ever and that's kind of the argument that continues to be made by those on the right so that you know mitch mcconnell and whoever will say that you know if we don't allow um, the Joker to break out of Gotham City and immediately walk into a shop and buy a, you know, a bazooka. If if we stop that from happening, then no one will be allowed any guns. 
I'm going, no, we, we just like specifically to stop the Joker from getting a bazooka. So, yeah. Um, it's... And I, sorry. Sorry, on you go, Bob. Um, this, this executive order that he passed, it is specifically to um, stop the sale of ghost guns, which yes. is a gun making kit where you put it together yourself. So it's not technically buying a gun, which is Absolutely. the most bullshit reason. Like, yeah, so downloading a gun. I mean, it is it is astonishing. The, I think <laughs> based off 3D printers, isn't it? The ghost guns. Yeah, and then he also, in this one, there were a few kind of, there were a few points to be made in the executive order um, that, like, there's there, the Justice Department is going to publish a model for red flag legislation, which is legislation where if your friends or family know that you're trying to buy a gun, but know that you should not, mm-hmm. they can, like, petition for further kind of background checks on you um but one of the 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 final thing in it is that the president is going to nominate david chipman to serve as director of the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms here's a fun fact i didn't know until i saw this executive order we haven't had a director of the atf since 2015 wow what kind of shit show have we been running like how many it, it's it's absolutely astonishing I, I saw a statistic today um that there have been a, approximately 45 mass shootings in the last 30 days in the u.s because things are starting to open up, up again it's been almost a year since we had a, <laughs> a shooting and that's like i swear to god if that goes down on trump's record as there were no school shootings in his final year i'm gonna go fucking ballistic because it's solely because of the pandemic and as soon as things opened up this bullshit starts happening again and it's like there's a direct correlation here that when you can't go out and buy guns and there aren't like people around you can't shoot them so like what oh my god Mm, I guess okay. it's a it's an argument for dystopian uh, communist lockdowns. I mean, you know, no, no. Yes. Guns, Yet another reason why we support that topic. <laughs> oh, um, there was no murders in the Soviet Union, they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's well, maybe state-sponsored ones, but um, mm. uh, right, okay. Uh, there are a couple other things like to touch on just before we finish up on the democratic side. One is, uh, well, maybe two or three things. One is on the Afghanistan front and um, the, I believe, the proposal to get American troops withdrawn completely uh, Mm -hmm. from Afghanistan by September 11th this year. Um, Vaughn, do you have any any thoughts on on the withdrawal? I think that's such a flex on Biden's (laughs) part to be like, because this year is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and it's going to be such a power moment if he actually pulls this off and withdraws all of the troops to be giving a speech on 9-11, probably in New York at the at Ground Zero yep. and be like, I ended this. You're welcome. It's going to be such a power move and an iconic picture that is going to be in every textbook about um, Joe Biden, I think. So he's definitely planning ahead. That's a legacy moment genuinely mm-hmm. to end the afghanistan the war in afghanistan the never-ending war the never-ending the war. war yes if he actually accomplishes that i actually i was listening to either um i think it was stephen colbert talk about this um the other day and 
he said these are some like 17th century war numbers because modern wars wars are like four years <laughs> and like 20 years is getting into like genuine pre-nation kind of empire shit and that's a really interesting perspective because it's absolutely right no modern war should be this drawn out it's just absurd well i guess vietnam but technically that's not a war maybe the u.s just is off yeah it's almost like a a civilizational process isn't it you know like a nation building over 20 years and something it's something that the Romans would have done or something, you know, or yeah. the Napoleonic conquests, you know, you'd get dro- driven out and come back in over 20 years, trying to unseat someone, putting someone back in, putting an envoy in there, he gets unseated, putting someone back. Yeah, it's we should have an alarm every time Toby brings up Napoleon on the show. The thing with like a napoleonic conquest though is i remember there being ideology about that i haven't studied it in years but i remember there being like a reason for it so what the fuck is the reason for afghanistan the war in afghanistan i do not understand uh, what this contracts, is i think it oh god capitalism god damn it <laughs> i did just... um this is a little bit unrelated but um have you guys heard of that um I suppose it's a moral question that gets brought up sometimes where it's if you can press a random, you can press a button and you get a million dollars, but it'll kill someone somewhere for like, you don't know just randomly that they'll just die. And like, would you do this? And it's supposed to be like this great moral question. And someone said, that's actually just capitalism and how capitalism work. They just (laughs) press that button over and over again. That's how they get all their wealth. They just press the button and someone they don't know dies and then they get another million dollars. And that's kind of how you you build up to become a billionaire, which I thought was quite a nice summation of of capitalism. Anyway, that just reminded me of that when you were saying that, Vaughn. So maybe military contract people have just been pressing that button for 20 years. Mm, I dated one of them. I know he is. (laughs) Was that before or after you you you, you dated our representative from Texas? <laughs> after. <laughs> after you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. Great track record. Love myself. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you really are no. on the ball, aren't you? Okay. They're definitely pressing that button constantly, though. I think that's a great comparison, actually. It's exactly yeah. what it is. It, it is. It is astonishing. And then there's also Biden's mixed record on immigration as well. Yes. Um, so one mm. of the things that is kind of uh, I saw recently, which was the the refugee cap, which I think um, President Trump brought in, and then I, I believe it was something that Joe Biden ran on that he said he was going to get rid of or he's going to. Um, adjust or whatever whatever the, the wording was but I think they're keeping it at the same level for the immediate future from what I saw um, which you know isn't isn't ideal um, the, yeah. this one's tricky because actually um, Biden has pushed for trying to uh, build a path to citizenship for 11 million um, yep. illegals who are in America and um, but 
he was one of the only candidates who did not want to decriminalize border crossings. And, you know, you had um, a lot of interesting, you know, uh, senators running against Biden, younger than Biden, pushing for decriminalization. But the difficulty with that is that overall Americans are against that. They, you know, they opt for a path to citizenship for people who have been in America for a while, but they're against decriminalization. They're against um, Trump's border wall that was not, you know, it was not well received. But they do want some sort of border, whatever, whether it be a fence of some sort or. I mean, it, it's it's tough because some of the stories that are coming out are that you know pe- people are still trying to cross the, the southern border in droves. Uh, children and their families are still being put in camps, and uh, or either sent away um, or facing um, legal cases in uh, Mexico, or even staying in Mexico in dangerous towns and you know having violence and some other crimes being committed against them so it's 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 quite a difficult situation the american public isn't as empathetic on this issue as um you know one would think you know from a policy standpoint on a lot of the fiscal issues like the the rescue bill Healthcare, minimum wage, American people have moved in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years. But the issue of immigration is is a more tricky one. And Biden's sort of kept himself on the side of caution with this one. Yeah. And a lot of people are quite upset. It's me. I'm upset um, that he's done kind of, he didn't end the, the detention facilities at yeah. the border. And many people are like, well, that should have been your first executive order because it's absolutely abhorrent that we're still doing this yeah. um, and have been, it was Trump didn't start it. It started under Obama. It actually, some of it started under Bush, but it's a longstanding American tradition, but it's just like, you just stopped calling them camps. You started calling them like- Facilities or whatever. Immigrant hotels. And it's like, still kind of really fucking awful. And this is peak liberal centrism of being like we're gonna do the republican thing but publicly we're gonna say that it's bad and it's like come on that one that one i'm genuinely very upset about he's been doing a lot of great things but and i know you can't expect him to do everything that you want him to do but i feel like that's an easy decision um to stop doing that yeah i I think anything which seems so offensive to human dignity yeah, I think you you. There are policy things where you might not like it, but you understand. Okay, we had to chop this bit of bill here to make it you know more um, suitable to Republican voters or you know whatever it is. You know we we reduce the amount of Fuck the, uh, mm, yeah. 
and you might not like but you can you can understand it within the world of politics of you know yeah whether you severely dislike it which we do um or not but it's things like this where it's it's basic humanity i mean it's not politics no this is (laughs) this is like war crimes this is like that this this is not something any civilized country should be involved in in any way and um yeah we should probably move on but yeah i think we can all all agree that anything which is along these lines doesn't need a new name it needs to be abolished completely Um, yeah that is an absolute failing he's done a lot of great things in the first hundred days and we're not even at the end of it his vaccine rollout has been well actually incredible i was gonna say that has been i think one of the strengths of the biden administration is something they've been able to hang their hang their hat on and something they've been able to quite rightly get good polling numbers on is the fact that the rollout's been even more successful than i think they imagined actually and Mm -hmm. uh, there obviously have been some um things that have hit along the road and some speed bumps and um certain um effectiveness of jabs and things to do with blood clotting and uh, effectiveness of of x y and z but for the most part that hasn't actually really derailed um the actual effectiveness effectiveness of getting the the um the rollout done and if you actually look at um which countries i think by by percentage i think america is in the the top 10 i think as far as the amount of people getting vaccinated which considering the size of america and the the you know (laughs) the different um policy um kind of the way america shaped both physically and politically i think it's quite impressive the way that's that's been handled actually um so yeah um, yeah i i think it's pretty kind of incredible and i know a lot of people back home who have gotten at least one shot like a an absurd amount of people mostly in pennsylvania mm-hmm. and that's just a like i did not expect that of the u.s and i think and i hope that this is going to open a lot of people's eyes to how efficiently a government can run healthcare, um, even one as fucked up as the states. <laughs> they're, they're doing a good job with this at a federal and state level in most places. And that's, that's really encouraging. And I think a lot of people are also realizing how weird and wonderful it is to walk in get a vaccine and walk out without paying a dime i think that is shocking a lot of people that it is possible that you can have healthcare and not pay anything on the visit your taxes are taking care of this you have already paid for this once you don't have any more costs and i think i think that this is like a little mini experiment a little trial run of how universal healthcare can actually work in the states and it's very encouraging that people are getting that experience. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And it is something I think that we talked about before the election. And the fact mm-hmm. it was even a conversation was a crazy where it was like, yeah, the, the shots will definitely be free under my administration. Yeah, I fucking hope so. I mean, yeah, it's a fucking right? global pandemic. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. If, uh, if people have to pay for that. They, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah let's move on let's go on <laughs> so the final thing i had on on, on biden other than uh, vaughn's poem about biden that was just coming up later in the show um 
uh, is uh, around the sort of environmental side of things. And I believe Biden killed the Keystone Pipeline pretty much day one. Um, I think he uh, paused the transfer of some holy na- Native American land to, to mining firms, which is, you know, always good. But then there was um, uh, some some blowback about um, Biden basically promising um, he will shut down, I think it's the Dakota Access Pipeline, um, which I think he's reverse course on, on that one. Um, do you guys have any, any thoughts on on this? Um on, on, on any, any of this stuff? I don't really. I, f- I kind of forgot about this one. Um, but Do- yeah, fuck the pipelines. Yeah. <laughs> party stance right there. <laughs> we, I was going to say, stop these. That's I, it. When I saw the Keystone Pipeline being signed, I was like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's kind of a, a good sign that that is something that, you know, Biden is going to take a stand on then unfortunately on Twitter the other day I, I did see the, the one around the Dakota Access Pipeline um, which I believe um, that's the one the Native Americans are really campaigning campaigning against Yeah, and it's just another you know I mean I'm sure we all anyone listening to this podcast and all three of us on here are continually sickened about how Native Americans are treated in America and the continued raw deal um and just fucking over of, of their people by um yeah. by the american government uh something which um has gone on for centuries and sadly still seems to continue to today um yeah the it's... the additional thing about the pipelines though is that i don't understand why conservatives are for this because or democrats really some democrats are but the, the purpose of the pipeline is to expedite the movement of oil down the U.S. And that is going to drastically impact the economy by putting truckers out of work and then all of the businesses along the highways where the truckers mm-hmm. stop and spend money out of work. And it's going to like it, there's going to be there are going to be so many issues from this that you'll have what like a few thousand jobs for the time it takes to build this pipeline and mm-hmm. then you'll have a team of probably a hundred or so engineers to just maintain the pipeline but those jobs go away very quickly yes. and you're you're axing thousands of jobs of of truckers and the people along the way and, and damaging small business economies that do run off of the the trucking industry going down highways and it's like you guys didn't think this through did you and then there's also you know the absolutely disgusting treatment of um both nature and native americans as you said it's just like none of it really makes sense as something that anyone in the government should want based on any of their lobbies except for oil I think Wait. we just answered our own question there, then, didn't we? Yeah, I got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> you we're, can cut all of that. It's we're, fine. we're proud of you, Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like uh, I was gonna say, it's like uh, watching a sort of child sort of eventually get to the end of the puzzle, but it's like a child with a PhD <laughs> gets. <laughs> gets... <laughs> uh, uh, okay. God, I hate politics. <laughs> 
Oh well. Right. Shall, now, now we've done the the. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> now we've done the the main course of of today's episode. Shall we move on to that delicious dessert, which is the Republican Party? The bananas dessert. Ban- Absolutely bananas. Absolutely bananas. It's kind of hard to know where to start. I I, I kind of want to start with the, is it Gates or Gats? Depends. I never hear Gates. his name. It is Gates. I and I kind of want to start there, but at the same time, it's so serious and so fucked up. I almost kind of want to leave it to the end and then come back to it once we've kind of got through the other stuff because everything else kind of gets dwarfed by it. What do you guys think? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so there are some other things to talk about, which are equally batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the first place to start is the. <laughs> Republicans, uh, some of the hardliners moving for uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, caucus, um, which uh, written a piece in Vanity Fair, which kind of just puts it together as you know this is this is just another example of of right-wing America. Just, I mean, it is just white supremacy. Um, guys, do you have any thoughts on this Anglo-Saxon? Um, yeah, they want to preserve uniquely Anglo-Saxon political traditions. Um, and then the writer said, like, discrimination again, not against non-white people, which would be <laughs> which would be correct. Um, this is a fun thing to read about from politicians who are supposed to be leading this country. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's racism. It is, yes. That's about it. That's about it. Um it's well, really what traditions like what like the the magna carta like, what, what, what <laughs> speaking english speak that's that's the main one being white being white those traditions being safely it, stopped by police officers oh yep, yep. so yeah um, uh, it, I, I was say, there's maybe, not much to say maybe maybe we could take this from the other side and be like right maybe we could start treating all americans the way that um, white americans get treated that'd be nice you know right maybe maybe we're maybe we're coming at the wrong angle maybe these these beautiful uh, republicans like uh um is it uh, marjorie taylor green and all mm. those people Maybe they are actually um, championing a, a cause for for greater unity in America. No, they're just racist. Um, no, they're literally just racist. And like, not even it, the thing about this is that they're like, for a very long time, Republicans were like, "Don't say the quiet part out loud." Yes. And then this new generation it is, yeah. is just like, "We're gonna use the Nazis' rhetoric." and just openly say call ourselves the america first caucus and say you have to be anglo-saxon to be a member because you're oppressed by black people having rights and it's like this is fucking ridiculous they're just straight up reading nazi propaganda at this point with an american flag waving behind them it's they're not even trying to pretend anymore and like (laughs) My only hope about this is that it absolutely crumbles and just falls apart because there isn't a leader like Trump anymore. If they had really pushed this under Trump, I think it would be a much scarier kind of threatening, mm-hmm. re- like it, like there would be more of a chance it could catch on majorly. But 
none of them who's who's leading it it's marjorie taylor green there's i think uh louis gomer um, paul gothar um, which like ugh, you all get better names like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're it's just they're, they're no none of them are compelling enough no. to be like the trump figure that could really rally people around this i think so my hope is that they all suck enough that people won't be like we should have a whites only party in the u.s i can't believe i'm saying this this i fucking hate this yep i I suppose it is just an extension of this identity politics which republicans have been moving more and more into and anything which they can kind of do to to paint the world around them as this woke thing that is against white people um they will continue to do i mean they're currently having a war with the uh, mlb the major league baseball about um Mm. them being upset at um georgia for um for basically georgia are one of the main states to pass this incredibly racist uh, voting restriction and um MLB, amongst other organizations, are. Oh, I think MLB moved their All Star game. I think it was out out of out yeah. of Georgia. And then that Republicans then declared war on MLB for being this terribly woke institution for you know wanting people to be allowed to vote. Um, and yeah, as you say here now, we've got this trio of Republican fucking idiots who are pushing this extremely racist um ideology and caucus idea you do wonder at what point there will be a if there will be any fracture amongst the sort of Mitt Romney actually saying the quiet part quiet part quiet and rather than you know then you've got the extremes of the, the Trumpers who are the the new generation of of mm. speaking this stuff loud I mean a, does this grand old party continue to be a big enough house for both the hardcore white supremacist racists and just the sort of nice institutional racists? I think um, so. I think it's, it, it will stay really? like this because the core, you know, um, fiscal policy, um, I guess um, the parties c- comes together as, as an anti-woke party as well. There, there's some core elements there that that mean that it would be really difficult for the party to split. I know some uh, never Trump Republicans have you know tried to go a, a separate way or try to become Democrats, um, but I, I I I just I don't see it. I don't see a way out of this. And I think I know mean, some people think this kind of thing is a blip with the Anglo-Saxon caucus. I don't think so. I think with the um white population of america going down mm-hmm. um especially with mm-hmm. you know in gen z i mean it, it's basically the 50 percent non-white population with, with gen z with that happening with with the republican party's um demographics aging i mean what can one say you know it, it's it's it is becoming a white identity party despite the increases in some you know black and hispanic vote in that election it, it's the, the the nativist uh populist element is increasing 
these kinds of things uh, might seem to be just um, cosmetic, but I think that they are showing the direction of of the of the party, especially certain elements of the party, and and it's, it's almost inevitable that this this kind of stuff would would happen. I think. I think that that's probably <laughs> fair, Toby. I think you are probably correct. Um, that that is the way things have been going, and uh, as we often talk about, Republicans are always better at swallowing down who they you know voting for someone they don't like in order to defeat democrats than democrats are doing the doing the reverse of that you know the democrats <laughs> how dare they seem to actually want to vote for people um you know who may be a bit more aligned to their ideas or these people on the far left are whereas people on the right this this even if they do have this spectrum of being you know the, the romney versus the trump for the most part they do seem to pull together in the the voting side of things and actually are willing to well they are racist yes and yes they are you know very keen on white supremacy but they're going to keep corporate tax at the same level so all in all i'll still vote for them and you know maybe maybe the grand old party is big enough for for everyone which is a very um wonderful place to be in um the fact that we have to worry about white supremacy coming in that's that's always good i mean it's always been there it's just now the loud part yeah well i mean i guess when i say coming in i mean at the forefront of of the politics whereas as you say they could kind of hide behind the sort of institutional racism and then just say it wasn't their kind of thing whereas as soon as you actually start having anglo-saxon um (laughs) caucuses and things and are to start adopting white supremacy taglines as your as your policy then you go then you really have sort of moved up a gear yeah the there's a quote in that vanity fair article which is bananas to me that vanity fair is writing about these things but like good for them proud of them um but there's a quote that says obviously in 2021 it's hard to just come out and say whites only please though one group of GOP lawmakers has come extremely close. And by close, we mean that it presumably won't be long before they start doing team building exercises that involve burning crosses and sporting white hoods around the Capitol. <laughs> and I think that's amazing that the, that Vanity Fair went there, but yeah. also that people are ready to call this exactly what it is. As soon as they announced the America First Caucus, people were like, oh, you mean Nazis? Like... So hopefully, hopefully yeah, there's enough yeah. pushback. It, it used to be Judeo-Christian that they used to say, which yeah. is itself racist, but sort of sounds like an idea and captures a significant amount of the culture. Yeah. But now it's becoming even more identitarian. So it's an Anglo-Saxon, you know? Like yeah. Like Judeo- Anglo-Saxon, yeah. Plus, <laughs> Judeo-Christian always makes me think of Judo-Christian, so it just makes me think of them like getting in white robes and fighting each other. So, um, <laughs> well, they are. <laughs> no, they're they're getting in white robes and fighting everyone else. Um, right. <laughs> um, sh- shall we move on from this depression? Shall we? Shall we get a bit lighter in tone on the Republican yes. side and talk about? Well, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. One which I haven't actually shared with you guys, which just popped up when I was looking at some other things which was that Ivanka Trump got her vaccination and mm-hmm. posted about it. And then a bunch of like Trump supporters are like, yep, not doing that. No, thank you. Not putting <laughs> that in my body. 
And it's just like brilliant. Good, good old, good old, uh, good old Trump supporters. Ugh, a vaccine for a hoax. <laughs> I love, I love them. I love them because they're like absolutely not getting that devil vaccine that. Bill Gates tracking chip and then as soon as people are like Joe Biden's vaccine rollout is going really well they're like that was Trump's it's like (laughs) you can't have both like (laughs) someone said no thanks with a 99% survival rate I shall pass with Bill Gates involved (laughs) I will not get one so have have you been seeing those memes where they compare um the, the beaches of Normandy to yeah, the, the vaccine rollout. No, I haven't. Yeah. No. <laughs> These millennials, they don't want to go out with the when the vaccines at you know ninety nine point you know nine percent survival rate, and some, some funny pe- some people have been saying first that you know there was no boomers on the beaches of Normandy, which obviously there was uh, because it starts after yep. the war. And the the beaches of Normandy actually had a like a ninety five percent survival rate, so it's like it wasn't, it wasn't like everyone was dying. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. yeah. Oh. I know. Um, th- there are other things we can talk about around that, yes. but yeah, the 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 continued shit show from the the far right around the vaccines is just um, it's terrifying that you have to live in a country with those people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of the other things um, which I did share with you guys was Trump rebranding for 2024 as healthy as healthy Trump. Yes. And yeah. uh, this is the one I've been excited for. <laughs> we've we've got weight loss. We've got no longer using spray tans. I mean, I'm just going to say it now. Are we looking at sexy Trump 2024? Ugh. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> On how sexy will Trump be in 2024? That makes me sad. That that makes my heart sad. I I think the funniest thing about this though is that like Business Insider is publishing this shit of being like the spray tan is gone and like (laughs) what what (laughs) what is this whole story? And they're like the bleached highlights are out and the gray is growing in. Like come on. This is not news at all. And uh, it's just and JVN also the pictures in the of White him House. look exactly the same. So what? I was gonna say JVN in the White House with Trump just being like, you need a new look. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely bizarre. You're right for the white supremacist. Yeah. There definitely and- was a Trump train, and the Trump train was the fact that a lot of journalists ate off Trump stories for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Business Insider, like everyone else, just wants to get back on the Trump chain, I guess. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's always absolutely. an interesting story when he's in the it, Business Insider becomes a tabloid. It does. <laughs> just because of it. Yeah. It, yeah. And like they, they literally have like quotes from advisors that are saying, quote, I think there's an extra 10% to 15% chance he runs if he lost 20 pounds. What? Like, a Republican strategist is saying this to Business Insider. What a ridiculous thing to be. It's just, this was the most bizarre thing I've read recently. Because one, Trump can't run in 2024, right? Like, they, I really don't see him being a serious candidate. I, I, th- I think he'll... <sighs> 
possibly tease this as much to get fundraiser money from people as much as anything oh, else. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, because stupid people and racist people will combine to give him a lot of money. Same thing. Yes, <laughs> uh, to basically say, well, actually, you know, maybe maybe he will run again. Let's 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 give him more money in his his coffers, and um, I think he will certainly tease that uh, to. I mean, I think what will be an indication is Trump loves campaign rallies. I think that's probably the one thing he got most out of the whole experiment of being president. You know, he didn't like doing the work. He didn't like the hours. He didn't mind the golf. That was okay. But he loved rallies because he got to talk and no one else did. And then they all got to like chant his name and turn up specifically for him and boo anything that he made them boo. And it was... It was just the natural extension of Donald Trump as a person to have campaign rallies built around him and his ego. So I think they will continue to have those at some point um, lean up to 2024. And I think they'll do fundraisers and I think they'll push. For, for me, what's interesting is at what point do they sort of have Ivanka run in some capacity? Um, mm. Not necessarily for president straight away, but, you know, if, if they want... Ivanka is the only child which Donald Trump comes close to loving. He doesn't give a shit about any of the other ones so yeah. i think i can see him trying to get ivanka in a position where she's able to i don't become president or whatever her goals may be but i, I think it's quite clear that ivanka is probably the long-term play here and the difficulty with that isn't is is just what you said you know she's going and saying that she got vaccinated and then Trump fans are saying, oh, "Boo, we don't like that." You know, like they they see her as a little bit of a liberal. It's going to be difficult for Ivanka to to run as a Republican. But didn't this happen? With this is outside of my wheelhouse, but this is what I think happened in France with Marine Le Pen, that her father was a very far right politician, and she was because she was his daughter or she is his daughter some of his loyal supporters voted for her even though she was slightly to the left still very far right but she was this kind of like palate cleanser candidate where it's like at least she's not her dad in that extremism but for the people who did follow him at least she's still his daughter you know what i mean well yeah absolutely and many people left um, Marine Le Pen's party because Marine Le Pen was less anti-Semitic. You know, the, the, the party's traditions were in anti-Semitism and nativism, and she was trying to corporatize and professionalize the party and things like that. But then what I think Marine Le Pen had, you know, like as, aside from things like charisma and blah, 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 is that she was able to use Muslims, you know, as that you know out new outsider to frame right. the party against it's like Ivanka has been you know like there there are conservatives who aren't trumpists but you know are conservatives like mm-hmm. not yeah. just on fiscal issues on anti-work blah, blah, blah. but Ivanka and Jared are considered to be like liberals by that group so the question is whether Ivanka can remodel herself as a conservative it isn't I mean it's very very possible that she can 
but right now her I don't think her brand sells that well but we don't we don't you know if, if she's going to be the candidate or if she's going to look to a future in the public body she's going to have to yep liberal champion is, Ivanka Trump this is less cheery than I thought it would be talking about Trump losing his but, spray tan <laughs> Well, if we want, we can move away from the mental image of Vaughn giving uh, Trump the spray tan. Ew! Uh, <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Gross! And move on to something else, which will probably give Vaughn the same reaction. That was all in the pause. I giving what? pause. I was like, what is he going to say? <laughs> the spray tan. <laughs> I was reading, um, spoiler alert, we are doing an uh, episode in the near future about w- Walter Cronkite. And um, one of the things I was re- reading about him was that he did actually sort of perfect the amount of words he said uh, during his um, uh, announcements on, on the news. And it was a, a slightly slower pace than the average American sort of speaks at in order for the words to kind of come across and be soaked in by the people um who are listening to him and i thought i'm going to use that and i'm going to talk about vaughn giving donald trump a spray tan no that just came to came to me naturally (laughs) Uh, but i'm glad i could use the techniques that were honed by um walter cronkite to bring that image to vaughn's head walter cronkite walked so that simon could run (laughs) many people have been saying that (laughs) 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 uh yes Uh, get some more awful republicans Uh, i was gonna say remember when lbg was mad that i would no longer support the vietnam war no um (laughs) 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 yes okay awful republicans back on vaughn's home home ground home territory as it were yeah uh so, Gates. Gates. That is, we kind of want. I want to leave that to the end, just because it's both sort of, you know, it's the crazy big shiny dancey thing, which is just like, wow, what the fuck? But then also, it's like horrific, and you're like, oh shit, that's like mm-hmm. actually horrible, which is the perfect combination for the the modern Republican. Um, so the story, as I understand it, is that he's been investigated um i think by the fbi although i could be wrong on that um around um there was pain for for sex and i think that might be separate to the sex trafficking side of things Mm -hmm. although they are kind of connected and i believe like one of i believe someone is basically one of his um co-conspirators basically sort of been arrested in all of this and is apparently sort of flipping on gates and siding with the investigation which seems to be bad news there has gates hasn't been charged with anything as as we record this and it's probably still a while away if he's going to be he, he's also still on one of the house committees as well i believe and the mm-hmm. republicans don't really seem to give a shit about this apart from oh i forget his name now the the, the um Steve Scalise. Possibly that was his name, yeah. I, I remember there was one Republican who came out and basically said that he should be removed from, from power, as, as it were, as far as House committees and that kind of thing, which is fair enough. And also on top of this, then you have 
Gates apparently showing images of some of the women he'd slept with or something like that to people on I don't know if it was on on the House of the House of Representatives or if it was somewhere else but yeah it, it's just this sort of weird combination of, of various crimes and allegations of crimes um, across the board um, which fits so perfectly in with who we think Gates is because he's just a terrible person um, but at the same time when these allegations actually come to come to news you are still you're shocked but not surprised I guess is, is probably the correct term to go with yeah I think Gates has been one of the loudest um, Trump supporters he's um, bent over backwards to defend anything that Trump um, has come out with he was one of the people who was saying that the election had been stolen and he has also famously was the only member of the House to mm. vote down as a, a, a anti-sex trafficking law, which was which is interesting. I think um, when it comes to this case, it's uh, part of a broader investigation into the tax collector Joel Greenberg, co-conspirator. And um, who was indicted in August 2020 on an array of um, sex trafficking charges. Interestingly enough, um, Greenberg and um, Matt Gates are alleged to have run these kind of um, sex sort of parties with uh, young ladies in Florida they would sort of um, pay for them in Venmo. Mm-hmm. Some payments have been linked to travel costs for these young ladies. Um, and they would come to, to houses and they would have these decadent eyes wide shut parties with um, rich men. And um, that's where Matt Gates allegedly got all of the pictures that he's been showing mm-hmm. Um other members of Congress, um, you know, talking about his conquests and his exploits. And actually, they're, you know, they're coming from these um, paid um, excursions with um, young women. And um, interestingly enough, um, Matt Gates has tried to say that um, these allegations are false. He does say, you know, I'm not a monk. Yeah, <laughs> um, in the Trump era, which seems to be fine with people. I mean, um, it, it it is showing that conservatives are getting less religious and have been getting less religious over the last 15 years. And um, that's probably part of the reason why they've accepted some of Trump's indiscretions. Um, other reasons, you know, the deep cynicism that they have. But yeah. And um, but the, the difficulty that, that Gates has is that the Justice Department under Barr, you know, was mm-hmm. look, probing into this case, um, probing into allegations of um, paid for prostitution, allegations of sex trafficking. And one specific allegation around Matt Gates's relationship with a lady that is alleged to have been 17 years old at the time. And the interesting one of the other interesting things about this is that it does seem like 
you know, because Matt Gates used to be a member of the state legislature. His father was actually president of the state legislature and has bankrolled his uh, political career. But as a member of the state legislature, there was a cultural issue there. The state legislature um, in Florida, many people have said that they had a game where they would try to have sex with uh, female lobbyists and they'd get one point for a female lobbyist and two points for a a state staff member, um, six points for the wife of um, a legislature or something like that. So it was a, this was like a, a very heated frat boy atmosphere that Matt Gates seems to come out of very salacious, but you know those things aren't necessarily a crime but he is obviously you know being accused of sex trafficking sleeping with a minor uh, paying for sex which you know in, in many states is um obviously uh, still a crime so yeah it's 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 really it's a really interesting story yeah and like I want to be clear on my part that I have absolutely nothing against sex work. I think sex work is work. And I think that it should be decriminalized. I have everything against uh, any person, but especially a house representative engaging in sex trafficking and of minors. Like it, and the fact that there are some Republicans who are absolutely like just refusing to say anything about it is disgusting on every level that that they could even like be silent on this matter. Some of them have have very kind of diplomatically been like, well, if the Department of Justice comes up with anything of reason, then we will discuss possibilities of where to take that. And it's like, you can't even say into a camera that sex trafficking is wrong because of the things that you've defended for the last four years and beyond from the last president and his cohorts and everything. And it's just, I have so little respect for the Republicans and this dropped it even lower that they can't even there have been what three of them who have come out and said like no that's really wrong and if that if like i mean it is still an investigation so if that is the case and if all of this evidence that we are already aware of is very real then fuck that guy and we need to do something about that but i think it's a pretty massive red flag that he voted against the sex trafficking law the one that's being used against him now like it i hate this guy so much and i think that he oh yeah again, usually, I have nothing against um, legislators have to be like in the pocket of like big tobacco or something like that you know yeah. like matt gaze is in the pocket of big uh sex trafficking you know cartels or something but he's not he's actually a sex trafficker which is well he might be a sex trafficker so it's um we should um uh, should make sure to it. say that it, the, these accusations are alleged um the joe greenberg who is the tax collector in question is um also quite a sleazy character mm-hmm. um he 
famously him and Matt Gates are also accused of trying to run ghost candidates in Florida. Uh, so mm-hmm. there was um so it isn't illegal to um try to run a third party candidate for the purpose of taking votes away from a Democrat. But it is illegal for um, the one of the main parties to fund a, a candidate like that. Mm-hmm. And so there have been claims that they've been trying to fund ghost candidates and um, who, you know, run them as, uh, you know, strong progressive candidates with, uh, you know, known people with strong records, but they were fake candidates in order to get votes away from Democrats in the, in the state. Um, uh, Joe also spread rumors um, on social media about his, um, someone who was running against him to be um, the main tax collector in that county. Um, he's, he's sent anti-Islam Mick posts about um, people and, and um, rivals. And yeah, so, I mean, it, it does seem like Matt Gates is a particularly sleazy character even if the things, um, you know, that are being alleged are wrong, it, it is a clear sense that, you know, he's, I mean, he, there's nothing wrong with, you know, paying for, you know, sex workers and stuff like that, but he has been doing this, you know, with trying to get women for rich men in order to, you know, exploit them with rich men um, over a long period of time um, at these these parties and um, yeah and and one other thing that is in the story because um, obviously Matt Gates went on Tucker Carlson a couple oh, weeks yeah. ago and uh, on Tucker, it was a very strange interview that he had with Tucker Carlson but one of the things that he said on Tucker Carlson interview was that actually um, his father had been approached by some people, and this is documented, his father was approached by some people claiming that um, his father, sh- whose father, who is a rich man, should give them $25 million in order to help them retrieve a a U.S. citizen who was in a, I don't know, he was in a different state or something like it was a different country and they wanted the money to retrieve the U.S. citizen, but they were also blackmailing his father by saying that we have pictures of Matt Gates with underage women and if you don't give us this 25 million, we're going to um, release those, those pictures. And um, Matt Gates said that his father was very shook up by this and then his father went to the FBI and the FBI have, you know, been trying to um, make his father into an informant relating to this other story. And some of the story is true. Someone did approach um, his father. The other side claims that they were not blackmailing his father. He just told his father that some of this content existed. And so Matt Gates tried to use that story on Tucker Carlson to say that actually this is not about mind discretions or a relationship with the 17-year-olds or other things like that. It's, it's really about the 
the blackmailing of my father. And another interesting thing that he tried to do on the Tucker Carlson interview was he told Tucker that um, that Tucker's Tucker and Tucker's wife were with Matt Gates with one of the women that is being alleged in this um, accusation as well. And Tucker said, wait, um, I've never met that person. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't around there. <laughs> he he put, poured cold water on it immediately. And then Matt Gates also said that, you know, Tucker, you, you have in your past, um, uh, a woman has come out and accused you and, and, and Tucker again very quickly said uh, yes that w woman was deranged um, <laughs> and then at the end of the interview Tucker did say that oh yeah I just interviewed Matt Gates, and that was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done so yeah and it obviously became a big story and metastasized because of the Tucker Carlson interview so yeah there's a there's a lot of sleaze and just murkiness around this whole um, Matt Gates issue. It's, it's definitely, these accusations are very serious, but it is important also to say that um, neither him or Greenberg have been charged on some of these claims yet. And it is an ongoing investigation that's been um, in the works with the Justice Department since um, about the middle of 2020. So we're unsure whether Matt Gates is going to be charged on um, some of these uh, claims. Yeah, and there has been reports that, as you can understand, Tucker Carlson was livid with Gates for saying these things. And there have also been some rumors, who knows if they're true, that um, Tucker Carlson has basically been blacklisted from Fox as a result of this. Um, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. Um, Yvonne, any any more thoughts on the fucked up story that this is? No. No. I think, yeah. I think just another underline that there are some people that I've read online that are saying, like, that are implicating sex workers in this and saying that they're also morally corrupt and just fuck those people because sex work is work and we're not we're not going to do that we're going to be mad at the people who exploit other people well said and their human dignities so yeah that's all i'd have to say for once i am proud to say i'm on a podcast with von well said <laughs> No, no, I joke. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm often proud to say I'm on a podcast with Yvonne. Mm, sure. <laughs> sure. Well, I don't think you've ever said that about me, so that's at least... At least <laughs> <laughs> that was a laugh, but yeah. it was not a denial. Um, right. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else we want to add on the last sort of three months of American politics? Or shall we close it up there what, what do you guys think mm. any other mini stories that you want to get out there any any effigies you want to burn um any poems you want to read about prince philip <laughs> no no i am trying to get citizenship in this country i don't think i should do that <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm currently trying to get mine revoked, so maybe I should. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he was like the Duke of Edinburgh. Yep. Would he not be that if the if Scotland left? Well, oh, that's a good question. It is a good question. There's there is conversations around what actually happens with the royal family if um if Scott, Scottish independence does indeed go ahead. Um, one one of the funniest things that have actually come out of, of all this has been all the jokes about the people of Edinburgh, basically without someone <laughs> in charge of their city, and they've just been sort of wandering around aimlessly over the last sort of <laughs> year or so without the Lord, the Lord Duke has uh, yeah, left. left. <laughs> <laughs> they are just left to wander wildly. Well, what will what will the, the Scottish peasants do without their liege man of? Uh... <laughs> you can just see i mean i live in scotland i can tell you right now that the people are just lost they are just people bumming into lampposts and unable to get on with their day as a result of this uh exactly i mean this is a good argument for why scotland shouldn't get their independence i mean <laughs> all that happens is they lose their duke and ugh. i know and then we're, we're lemmings off a cliff it's so true uh-uh. What we need is a strong mayor, Pete Buttigieg, to run our country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all anyone needs. Yeah. More Pete. More Pete. <laughs> it's going to be his, his tagline in 2024 for his presidential run. If you uh, like trains, you want more Pete. <laughs> more Pete. Pete, Duke of Edinburgh, Buttigieg. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I wonder if Pete's thinking that, like he's watching the television. It's like they're not talking about me anymore and my trains. <laughs> but there's this Duke guy. Like, how do I get that? You know, there's, there's a procession in royalty behind him. I mean, yeah, he he's he's probably like, which one of the royal family can I uh, can I replace or marry or just I don't know. I can imagine him doing when the queen eventually dies. I think there could be a power grab from Pete um, to take over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I just imagine. I don't know why, but I was just thinking like Pete as Ratatouille. Yes, <laughs> like guiding the royal guiding, family guiding. <laughs> under the crown. Ah. <laughs> uh. We should probably end. <laughs> we should probably end there. Apologies to Pete, our, our, our future <laughs> ruler. The armies of Pete uh, outside Edinburgh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm here to free the Scottish lemmings from the from the, <laughs> from the limbo that the the Duke's uh, losses cast on them. You can take our cheese, but you'll never take our freedom. Yes, very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, are you God. practicing for that Simon when you I am, I'm, going to, I'm going to be Pete's chief of staff when he takes over here uh, right we really should end it there uh, right from Vaughn the liberal queen and from Toby the next Duke of Edinburgh and from myself Simon um Yep, thanks very much for listening. We'll have another podcast for you in the near future. And um, yeah, take care. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye.